mailbag, recruiting. We're going to get into all the things that we haven't gotten into all week on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host and mailman, AJ Black. On today's show, I'm going to go through the mailbag. Some of you had some great questions that we're going to get into today. We're going to end our episode with some recruiting updates, which I'm sure you're not going to want to miss. So here's our mailbag. On Twitter, at AJBlack underscore BC, I just asked for some questions, and some great ones came in. And I'm going to go to the first question that came up. And it comes from Martin Artest Jones, one of the head sickos on Twitter. He wanted to know... AJ, what true freshman on the basketball team will have the biggest impact on 2022? So there's four. So for for the folks that aren't diving into basketball recruiting, I'll give you kind of a brief overview. There are two four stars coming in. That's DJ Hand. He's a guard uh, from, I believe it's from Virginia. And Prince Oligby from Minnehaha. I have to say that name. I love that name. Minnehaha, Minnesota, another four star guard. forward he's more of a wing for the eagles then on top of that they have defensive-minded combo guard Chaz kelly from texas slash pennsylvania and canadian big man armani mighty armani mighty is about 610 big kid with a really high upside and i love what mighty could do but will he be a major contributor this year i don't think so he wouldn't be my pick because i think he's a little bit more on the raw side i'm sure we'll see him play but i'm i'm guessing it's going to be as that third Second or third big man on the roster. Uh, so I, I'm not going to go with Mighty on this one. Now, the guards, you, you know, I, 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 Donald Hand definitely could be the answer for this. But I'm not going to pick Hand for this, even though I think he'll be one of like the first guys off the bench and really be an effective scoring guard. Something that Boston College desperately needed last year. Um, actually, he probably won't be the first guard off the bench. I think that'll be uh, Mason Madsen, the transfer from Cincinnati. But he'll be one of the first guys off of the bench, and I think he could be a nice scoring threat for BC. When I look at needs on this team, I look, and I look at these four guys coming in, Chaz Kelly will be nice off the bench, but he's, more again, more of a defensive-minded uh, guard. I look at Prince Oligby as something that Boston College needs, as something that there isn't a strong answer for this on this roster. They don't have a guy like Aligby out there, and he he's played on a very good team. Uh, the, the the team he played for had the, one of the number one uh, num- top recruits in the country on his on his team. They're you know a very good program. So he even though he's from Minnesota, don't sleep on him because he's played for a very good program. He's probably the most polished I would think out of all four of them and ready to go. Now last year Grant you know for a lot of the a lot of the season went with three guards. You know he had. Damar Langford, Makai Ashton Langford, and Jaden Zachary, especially near the end of the season. Now, if he wants to go bigger next year, and you're going to have different lineups that you're going to want to do against bigger opponents, and if that's what you think is going to put you in the best position to win against those teams, Aligby could see himself in a bigger role. 
And on top of all of that, the fact that he's a scorer, you know, a lot of those games that they were showing replays of or that you see, you know, results of online, he's scoring 28, 30 points a game against good opponents. He's a scorer, just like Hand is, but at a position Boston College desperately needs. They need a four, like a, a basically a small forward if you're going to use um, NBA terms. And that's exactly what he does. Because then you could go, you could roll out a whole bunch of different lineups and get him in there in different positions, right? You could use any of the two guards. You could, you know, do either the Ashton Langford brothers or Zayden Jaden Zachary. You can, you know, sit one, put the other ones in, depending on what you need. Throw him in at the three, boom. And then you have Quinton Post and TJ Bickerstaff on top of that. So I like I let I think for me, my guess, uh, and you know, I haven't had a chance to get to practices yet. That's coming up hopefully soon. Prince of Ligby for me is the guy I'm watching for this spring. Uh, sorry, this summer, excuse me. But Martin, thank you for the great questions and thank you for the positive comments I've seen you've been leaving about my podcast. It really does mean a lot when I get good positive comments from everyone out there on the Twitter world. Our second question of the day comes from another super fan, Nick Kleppel, who I know has been listening to the show for quite a long time, who asks, fact or fiction, alumni stadium will be renovated or a new stadium within 10 years? Okay, so that's a two-part question because I think one's fact and one's fiction. Fiction, I don't think Alumni Stadium is going anywhere in 10 years. I, I, I know some people want a new stadium, and believe me, I've seen all the tweets from certain people about a a, a, a dome or whatever. That's not happening at Boston College. I know, I know some people really want that. I just don't see it happening. I also don't see them tearing down Alumni. Uh, given what they have, I think, I, I think they'll be renovated. I think that's a fact. I think they'll continue to build. And, you know, I'm not sure what those renovations will look like. You know, of course, some of the big ones I've always joked about is the upper deck bathrooms. I'd love to see better luxury boxes in there. The luxury boxes definitely, I mean, if you have big time donors at Boston College, like BC definitely does, uh, you know, there's the guy from Merrill Lynch, I believe, is a BC grad. There's all these guys that with money that want to pay to come to these games and bring their clients with them. You want to put them in something special like you do at Gillette Stadium or even some of the college stadiums. I think that's a big one, if, especially if they're looking to get increase your donor relations. You're, you're going to want good um, luxury boxes. So I think that'll be something they look at. Continuing to build, you know, I don't know if they're going to build things in on the ends. And it doesn't need to be more seats because, as I've always said, you don't build a stadium uh, for 75,000 people when you know you're only going to get 35. And BC has yet to show that they're going to get more people on campus. So you don't need to add more people. You want to make it more enjoyable for the fans that are there. And that could be better concessions, better bathroom situations, better concourses, things like that. I think they could absolutely improve upon. And I think they will in the next 10 years because they have the money to do it. And they do pieces at a time. I've seen them doing it, you know, I think that will be continuing. And, of course, the one big one I, I continue to go back to, I know that they had temporary ones last year, and I think someone said they've done it for years before, is seats. They need to have seats and, and get rid of the, the metal bleachers. Uh, except for, you know, sorry students, but the student section, you guys are standing anyways, doesn't matter. And the upper deck. The upper deck should all be bleachers anyways because usually what they do in a football stadium. So, great question, Nick. Thank you for that. Now, in a moment, I'm going to get into some questions about the linebacking group and... My excitement level for certain games this year. You're not going to want to miss this. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? 
It's delicious, indulgent cookie dough. I actually just had one this afternoon. They are absolutely delicious. They're covered in chocolate, and that's right, Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to their flavor. The cookie dough puff chunk puffs are light and chewy texture with real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're 100% covered in real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. And I'm telling you, some of these bars that you buy that get cookie dough chunks in it, it's like this blended, you know, gross jelly thing that says it's cookie dough, but it's not really cookie dough. When I had this bar, it had chunks, like sizable. You could see them sticking up on top of the bars of real cookie dough. It was like eating a treat. I can't believe that they did this. It was so good, and it's good for you. Like all built Bars, they are 100% covered in real chocolate, and they're healthy and tasty. You're not going to want to miss the cookie dough junk puff because they're only available for a limited time. So make sure that you go over to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. And this isn't just your first order, folks. If you've got built built Bars before, you can go on to built.com all the time and use this promo code and get 15% off every shipment of built bars that you order and built puffs. So go to built.com, use promo code lock15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code lock15 at built.com. AJ Black here. This is our mailbag episode. We haven't done one in a while. And I I know a lot of you as we get closer to the football season and we're just about a month away are getting really excited and have some questions that you want answered. And I want to give you my perspective as someone who talks to the team and, you know, is going to practices and things like that. You're going to want to know, um, you know, just my perspective. Again, I could be wrong on some of these things, but I I like to, to give you my, my point of view on a lot of what um, I, I'm noticing. So CJ Garunda, and I call it Garanda. I hope I got your name right. He said, how do you feel about this linebacking group heading into this year? I feel like they have not got much publicity in the offseason. Need to improve on Rundy, and they'll be a big part of it. Cam Arnold, uh, Bryce Steele, and Jalen Blackwell were not just were just featured in a tweet by the team. No De Palma. Strange. Uh, so, yeah. I, well, I, I don't think it's strange. I don't know why they did that. I saw the same picture. that uh, BC Football had their media day. For that media day, it's a little different. It's they take pictures of the guys that you know for the ones that you watch during the game, and they have the picture of like Djokovic after he makes a big play. That's what they were doing today. Uh, well, the linebackers they had a picture of the three guys that was not including Vinny DePaul, which uh, yeah, could be a little weird, but I, I still expect as long as he's healthy that Vinny DePaul is going to be a big part of this season. Um, but it's it's a big year for this linebacking crew. Cam, as I said on yesterday's show, Cam Arnold is no longer the young guy on this roster. This is year three for Cam Arnold. He came here when uh, Jeff Halfley started. He was, I think he was either the first or second guy in that December to commit to Jeff Halfley after he was hired. They had him as a safety. They moved him to linebacker last year. He's the vet now. Uh, there's a lot on him. And you know what? To, to his credit, he he did a lot last year. There's a website, PF Network, uh, Pro Football Network 365. Um, they do some good stuff. I, you know, a lot of the guys, I know some of them listen to the show. And if you're listening, I do enjoy your work. And thank you um, for following along. They had a top 10 BC players for this upcoming season. And Cam Arnold, I think, was either four or five. They're expecting a lot out of him. And I do too. He has the, you know, once he understands the the, the complexities of the, being a linebacker, and there's complexities, the understanding where you have to go and all that kind of stuff, he could be very good. I think he has the potential to be very good. And I like Bryce Steele even more. Bryce Steele, to me, 
plays that role of the explosive linebacker. Remember, he's got good, good speed. He was a safety with speed when they when he committed. He's that kind of hybrid. And you're getting more of those guys into the linebacker position. But more importantly, you're getting more of those guys into the linebacker position and they're getting experience now. So that this year, you're getting uh, a whole new... You've moved on, as I said, past Max Richardson, Isaiah McDuffie, who are all gone, and uh, Isaiah Graham Mobley. And you get your own new guys there. And I think these new style of linebackers, these faster guys up the middle, maybe not as big, but they're still big, um, that are going to be able to get around the field and hopefully help you against the run, just like CJ said. And more importantly as well, be effective against mobile quarterbacks. Because remember, on your schedule, you have Malik Cunningham and you have Garrett Schrader and a few other mobile quarterbacks that last year torched BC. So BC's got to be better against that. And it's going to start with the linebackers. But I have I have expectations they're going to take a, a big step this year. And again, as long as he's healthy, Vinny De Palma will have an important role in this in this offense. Because you can have fast, quicker guys out there, but you still need thumpers. You need those downhill linebackers that can get in there and make big plays. And De Palma's very good at that, right? You know, he may be limited in some of the speed things that you have to do, but what he does, he does well. And I think he's going to have a valuable role with this off this defense, and he's going to make some big plays too. I think he's very much up there in terms of, um, you know, a valuable contributor at the linebacker position. So, CJ, thank you for that question. And, again, I want to thank uh, – a, a part of the show is for me to thank all of you who have been such loyal listeners to the show and who have made BC Locked on BC your first listen. You subscribe. You listen on YouTube. Whatever it is, thank you all so much. And then our sec- our last question um, of the night, uh, the afternoon or night, or whenever you're listening to this because it's a podcast, is uh, actually, there, well, let's go with the joke one first because someone had a joke question and there was a great answer that I have to share with you. Eric DeMarco tweeted to me, okay, how are fans supposed to keep track of Jalen Gill, Jalen Cheek, Jalen Blackwell, Jalen Williams, Jalen Williams, Jaden Williams, and Jaden Woodby? <laughs> And okay, funny quite I thought that was funny because you know there's two Jalen Williams and that's funny in itself, but there's like a million Jalens on this team. But the funny response that we got back was from Jalen Gill, uh, Boston College's wide receiver, who retweeted it with, "Mine's the only one spelled right, and I got the best number. I don't care about the rest. Or I don't know about the rest of them." <laughs> and I thought that was great. So um, just a little bit of fun there. And uh, thank you, Eric, and thank you, Jalen, and um, the, I know his family listens along too. So. Um, just thought that was a little bit of fun to to add to our podcast today. But our last question comes from Donovan, and he, he calls himself the King Contreras, who wants to know, what football game are you most and least excited for and why? And so I'm going to start with my least excited game for this season, and that is the University of Connecticut. Now, if this was a home game, I'd probably feel a little bit more excited about it, but I have to tell you, I hate stores. Stores, Connecticut. I do not want BC going back there. I have no interest in that. I'm not gonna, probably not gonna travel to that game just because I don't want to go. There's nothing to gain from this game, other than like allowing, just like you know, UMass had that nice breath of fresh air after Jakovic went down, and they kind of battled for a while. It felt good for them. Felt really cruddy for BC. I worry about that all the time against these teams. UConn is not good. And I don't think they're going to be anywhere in the same league as BC. But, like, what does BC get out of that game? They get to beat a team that they're supposed to beat. That's all you get out of it is to beat them soundly. 
what could they lose? Well, we saw BC lost Dracovic last year against a team like UMass. I don't want to see that happen against UConn. I just want them to go in there, beat them quick, get the starters out, and just continue pounding them and get the heck out of stores. That's the game I'm least excited about. And it's not Maine. Maine, whatever. FCS schools can go out the window. That's not a fun answer. It's UConn for me. The game I am most excited about this season is the Clemson game. Now, this game could go completely off the rails, especially given that Clemson has a monster defensive line, one of the best you're going to ever see play against Boston College. And BC's got a new offensive, uh, a completely new offensive line. So that in itself is scary. But... There is so much to be excited about in this game. And I've talked a lot about it on um, a bunch of different shows that I've, I've guested on and done spots on and um, the Locked On ACC podcast. So first of all, Clemson comes into the season with new offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators. Tony Elliott's off at UVA. Brent Venables went to Oklahoma to become their head coach. As much as Dabo wants to go out there and say, yeah, you know what? This is easy. This is my system. We're going to bring in all these guys that have been there for a while. It's not. It's going to be seamless. Listen, you can be as rosy as you want to be about that. That's going to cause some, just some changes, and, and that, that makes a team susceptible at times. I'm not saying that Clemson's not going to win every game on their schedule or whatever, but that's a piece, all right? Secondly, you can mark me down as a non-believer in DJ Uyagagale, and I know I'm going to continue botching his name. DJ, I thought, and I've said this again a bunch of different times, I don't find him very threatening. And against BC's passing defense, I'm not too worried about them. Add into this game that Boston College has lost against Clemson by combined six points the last two years, and both of those games were in Death Valley. And this game is the red bandana game, a night game at BC. If Boston College's offensive line can keep Dracovic on his feet, BC could be in this game. BC could beat Clemson this year. I'm not saying they're going to, but they could. And that's what gets me excited because, yes, last year was the probably the, the best opportunity BC had to smack Clemson in the mouth and beat them, actually, the last two years. But if they have a healthy Dracovic, they have a defense that can keep DJ off his, off his game, they can win this game. I think this is the game that I'm most excited about because I want to see at home BC beat Clemson, and I think this is a chance for them to do it. So, again, it all it all depends on that offensive line. If they go up against Rutgers and you're watching them tripping and miscommunicating all over the place, then please do not put this up on old takes exposed or whatever, saying AJ doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm saying if the offensive line can be serviceable. That's a big if, but that's what I'm saying for now. So I'm going to say the Clemson game. Well, thank you all for your questions for the mailbags. Next week, we're going five days a week. And with camp just starting at the end of the week, I'm going to do another mailbag next week. I kind of threw the mailbag out really late today. And so I didn't get a chance. I mean, many of you were probably working and you're like, oh, I didn't get a chance to ask. Shoot them to me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. You can email me at AJBlackMedia at gmail.com. If you have any questions, we'll do another mailbag segment next week. Now, in our final segment, I'm going to give you a name that you're going to want to watch for and get really excited about for the class of 2024's recruiting class that was just on campus for Boston College yesterday. And you're going to want to know that name, and you're going to mark it in your little calendar right after this moment. 
This is AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. And thank you for everyone who has become a follower on TikTok. I'm having fun with it. I can see kind of why some people like it. I know it's like a kid thing, but I've I've made some videos. I've um I've got some new ones coming out that I, I'm gonna kind of play around with. And it's gonna be fun stuff too that are, is like team focused with BC and you know the podcast. So go find me on TikTok. And if you're ki- you have kids at home and you want to know what TikTok is, they'll help you. Just look up Locked On BC and hit follow. I think you'll like it. Just a little fun there, right? So on Thursday, Boston College had their annual, well, second annual because of uh, COVID the year before, bar- recruiting barbecue. And what a recruiting barbecue is, is the opportunity for kids all over the Northeast. There wasn't kids from very far away. that got. They came onto campus. They met with the staff. They had food. They saw the facilities. They met, I'm, I think they met some players. And it's an opportunity for BC to kind of form more stronger relationships with recruits and get that face-to-face time that's so valuable in college football recruiting. Well, BC had over three dozen recruits on campus from as far away as I think Washington, D.C. and Pennsylvania and up to New York, Massachusetts. They had uh, Connecticut. They had kids all up from the Northeast, right? And so if you go to my site, Eagle Insider, I have a whole list of every player that was there, every recruit. So if you want to know it, but I'm going to give you my listeners, the biggest name that was there, the biggest name that you're going to want to watch for. And one that I think you know, you're going to get excited about. And his name is Michael Van Buren. He is a class of 2024. So he's a, going to be a rising junior quarterback from St. Francis Academy. Now, if you've listened to our podcast or, or listened to my work, you know that St. Francis Academy is a major new pipeline Boston College has made in the DMV area. And that is because of the recruiting of assistant head coach and defensive backs coach Azar Abdul Rahim. Now, he is the defensive backs coach who is a master recruiter in that area. So Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. Well, St. Francis Academy is a powerhouse in that area. They win all sorts of titles down there. They put out a ton of college um, talent, too. Boston College has landed quite a few. They, I think they are either at four or five right now that are either going to be on their roster or are on the roster, including projected starting cornerback C.J. Burton, who was one of BC's highest-rated recruits that they've landed in the last 10 years, and offensive lineman Jude Bowery, who we talked about on yesterday's show, is a guy you want to watch for. Well, Michael Van Buren is their quarterback, and he's a four-star quarterback ranked as a top 100 in the country with offers from everywhere, including Alabama, Penn State, Michigan, uh, you know, you name it, he has an offer from it. He was on campus. I cannot undersell how big this was for Boston College that they got a recruit that's a four-star with those off with that offer list with a you know from a program that BC is very good at getting recruits from to get him on campus. I know the staff uh, it was very excited about him being there, and so he's a big deal. He is a big deal. You've been waiting, you know. Jacoby Robinson is an Emmett Moorhead or nice quarterbacks. And Peter Delaportis was, you know, on the fringe of being really big. If you want like your next, like 
high, not not blue chip because he's not technically a blue chip recruit, but like a really exciting quarterback with a big, big arm, and he's he's active. He could do a whole bunch of things. Michael Van Buren is that guy. Now, it's going to be interesting, and I don't know the answer to this yet. Ryan Puglizzi is the other one. He's another four-star that they've been going after at quarterback. So BC, I think what's going to be really interesting is to see where BC stands with two four-star quarterbacks heading into the 2024 class. Because, you know, we're getting towards the end of the summer, and that's when kind of the recruiting news kind of slows down for BC. You know, they have a couple uh, silent commitments right now that we're still waiting for, um, and you can check that out on Eagle Insider, some of the information on that. But there's two guys that haven't committed yet. But as the summer gets on and the school year starts, they don't really do a ton of like new offers, uh, you know, things like that. I think that once we hit January, that class of 24 is going to start. And that's when you're going to hear names like Ryan Puglizzi and Michael Van Buren to see where BC stands with these guys. Because both of them are very exciting quarterbacks with big live arms. They're four stars. They've got offer lists as uh, longer than I am. And they both have interest in BC. Will BC be able to hold off the, the Blue Bloods? Will the BC be able to, to make their stand there? I think that's a question that remains to be seen. But for this point, they got him on campus. And once you get him on campus, you get him in front of Jeff Halfley and that staff, most guys leave pretty impressed by that. And so hopefully we'll see Van Buren back on campus for a game or on an official visit. But we'll have to – we can't let the cart get before the horse here. So just a little bit of recruiting news to wet your whistle as we head into the weekend. Thank you all for listening. My name's AJ Black. I'm the editor and publisher of Eagle Insider as part of the sports uh, – sorry, not Sports Illustrated – 247 Network, Sports Network, and CBS Sports. Thank you all for listening, and you can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. Have a good one, everyone. Have a great weekend. Stay cool. It's a hot one out there. Bye.